I I hate the gray area shit because nothing ever happens in the gray area. That's you just have too many blue ball experiences. That's what we're learning. <laughs> hey, don't bring up my personal life. <laughs> I like how you're not denying it. No comment. Hello and welcome back, everyone. Let's get ready to crack open a fresh episode with Imbibe and Anime this week. I am joined here again by my favorite friend, Mott. Oh, I'm your favorite friend? That's such high praise. You only have like on three the friends, but... No, no, I'm, I'm just saying on the podcast, you're my favorite friend. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you don't have many more friends outside of the podcast, so... <laughs> you keep telling yourself that. Yeah, well, it's good to be back. Hello, hello, anime casuals and anime fanatics. Excited to talk to you about the awesome stuff we have planned today. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, so we got some pretty cool things to talk about today. We've got two anime we are going to review this week. And it's going to be great. First one up for you guys is going to be the fourth season of Food Wars. Yeah, so this episode we'll be talking everything Food Wars, our thoughts and our reactions now that the fourth season is over, and giving you all our recommendations. So the first part of this is going to be our review of the season, so our overall thoughts, our impressions, if we would recommend this, to which people we would recommend this to, and if you like this show, we will give you some other suggestions of some shows that you might like as well. And then the second part of this, we're going to go spoilery. We're going to go in detail through the show and talk our thoughts and reactions spoiler version so first half will be spoiler free for you don't worry yeah and then for the second anime we are going to have a similar format and for that one we are going to be reviewing b stars so check out that track if you're interested in b stars too yeah so before we get started here i am going to introduce one of my uh Favorite mugs here, housing one of my favorite drinks here. Oh, what is that mug? Can you display that a bit better? I can't see it that well. Oh, duh. Yeah, I was holding it up in front of the mic, not the camera. <laughs> that that the mic does not pick up video. This is yeah, true. Yeah, I'm I'm realizing Thing this is farm essay. You can read some of these, right? Yeah. Owl, cancer. What? Howl. Other films. The Tropic of Cancer. Is this geography related? Not at all. Not one bit. D- Dree? What? I, I, don't get, I don't get what those things are. So this is one of my favorite mugs, and I don't remember exactly where I got it from at this point. It's been quite a while. But all of the names that you see on here are names of books that have been banned in the U.S. currently or previously. Uh, I I don't think any of these are actually currently banned anymore, uh, but they were all at one point outlawed within the United States, which is why I like it. Uh, So, yeah, and some surprising stuff like Catcher in the Rye, Les Mis, Mm -hmm. Animal Farm, stuff like that. Les Mis was Uh, banned? mm Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. I don't know the exact time period, but at, at one point it, it was banned. Huh. Um, but these are and all banned books throughout movie. history. Now uh, we have movie, Broadway show, everything. Yeah, I know. Now they're real popular. <laughs> Probably only helped. A lot of these were banned during, I know they were banned during the communist scare when they were kind of yeah. just shitting on everything. Like Catcher uh, in the Rye, the, for example. All, all forms of media were getting shafted at that point. Yeah. Um, but that is not really supposed to be the highlight of <laughs> of this year. What's inside is the highlight. So I decided to go out and get me some more whiskey. Surprise, surprise. And I was very curious about Jacob's previous whiskey. So I went and I got myself some old camp. Ooh. <laughs> what do you think? It, it's actually pretty good. I also put a splash of orange juice in it. Uh, I only put like half as much orange juice as I did whiskey because I didn't, I only wanted like the flavor. I didn't really want it like a, an yeah. orange juice drink. Um, but it's, it's really good like that. I really like it. Oh, so pardon the jingly noises going on in the background. My cat has the zoomies right now. It's like, it's what we like to call <laughs> it. She's just crazily running around, jumping at her toys. So she may or may <laughs> not jump on my face while we're recording. Apologies if that happens. I welcome that prospect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she's very excited right now. She's literally like eating the couch. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can see. Yeah. <laughs> Look at her. She's so adorable. I know, right? Okay, well, um, that's my cat. That's Rosie. Rosie's <laughs> number one fan of the podcast. But for me... I am actually kind of joining you in the type of drink that I'm drinking this evening. I'm not drinking it neat, though. I am drinking a German pear bourbon. Pear bourbon? Pear Ooh. bourbon. So this is a very famous type of bourbon that you can get in Germany. It's very iconic. Um, it's called Williamsbirne. That's the label. Oh, nice. Sure. Um, I brought this back when I was in Germany during October. Um, and my, my grandma's neighbor get, uh, gifted it to me because he knows I like it very much and you can't get this very cheap in the States. So I've been really enjoying it. Uh, I had a good amount of it with my friend last night for movie night and I am continuing to drink it now. It's good for the digestive system after having food. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Cheers. Cheers, my friend. Oh, that stuff was so good. How's everything been going for you? Things Any are anime consumed. It, well, you know the one anime I consumed uh, <laughs> by request of said partner over here. I decided to watch Beastars over the past week. And did you regret uh, it? I will leave that for the review and impressions part of the episode. So if you want to <laughs> listen to it, check out our Beastars review. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I haven't watched any anime. I did, however, recently have an interview at the Seattle Aquarium, <gasps> which I was really stoked for. Uh, cool. I think it went really well. It was, it was a little different because it was, in a, it was a group interview, first of all. Yeah, those are uh, annoying. Yeah, it was more laid back than I anticipated. And I think they just wanted everybody to 
be at ease. It, it wasn't like we were each competing against each other quite like that, at least. Um, but it, it, it went really well, I think. I've got, I know I've got a good chance to get the position. I'm supposed to hear back by the end of the month, so crossing my fingers for that. Good for you. Uh, supposed to have a, another interview for a position at the at a wastewater treatment plant down in Olympia, uh, and I don't think you know about Lot and its wastewater treatment process stuff. I actually but, know a lot about the Tacoma wastewater treatment plants, plural. There is a major one and a minor one in the city that I know actually quite a lot about because that's what my research focused on in college. Oh, nice. Um, so I visited yeah, a wastewater treatment facility, and I've taken samples from one, which is not a very pleasant activity. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> uh, that's really cool, actually. I am. I was going to have an interview. Uh, well, it was supposed to be on Thursday, but that overlapped with the, the aquarium interview, and then we've been playing phone tag ever since. So... Mm. Uh, I'll probably have to get back in contact with them after Monday, after the holiday. Um, but it's at the lot treatment facility down in Olympia, which is like the most high-tech facility in the Puget Sound, which is really cool. And I got a private tour there once, and that was flipping awesome. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah, other than that, though, uh, not too much... I did also have an inter informational interview, actually, with someone Ooh. from the Department of Ecology. That was really fun, getting to learn about the water quality field that they're in and how to navigate through that type of job environment and whatnot. So I am looking forward to doing more informational inf interviews. That was like the first one I've ever done. Sick. Um, so I plan to do more of that. That was most of what I had been doing this past week. <laughs> so Sounds productive. Yeah. Got some more house supplies. So I'm like, feel more settled down in this new apartment that I've been Furniture here. Furniture slowly coming in with more decorations and stuff. Yeah. There's, there's another little couch thing that my, one of my old professors actually is getting rid of that I'm going to try and snag. So Do we'll see it. how that goes. But what about you? What have you been up to this week? Um, for me, I also just applied to a job. I played to a job at the Census Bureau. Mm. So fingers crossed to see where that leads to. That'll be exciting for sure. That's like the thing that I'm most excited about. Like, I don't really care about most of my job applications that are floating out in the universe right now. They're just jobs to earn money. That's <laughs> just what it is. But the Census Bureau, yeah. I'm actually super excited about. If that works out, I'm going to be pretty stoked. What position in that sector would you be or did you apply for so i applied very very generally so the way that the it works is i applied for a job that's related to the census collection in 2020 so it but it's broadly anything related to that so they're considering hmm. me for any position that goes from door to door uh actually just collecting data and talking to people and interviewing people to desk work um to even being a supervisor so depending on what they think i'm qualified for they will give me potential options for things that they have available if they have anything that they want from me uh and i will go from there okay 
but those those vary then in what type of work I'm doing, the type of hours that I'm working, and the type of pay that I will receive. But they're all local Atlanta-based positions. Nice. Yeah. So I'm really curious to see what happens with that. On other fronts, uh, I have been loving my Hero Academia. I'm actually really surprised how much this season shaped up for me. Um, <laughs> I I didn't think it was going to be bad, but I was like getting pessimistic about it. And then I saw the like most recent two episodes tonight, and like I I actually like cried during one. Like I didn't expect that. Like spoiler free version. Like I'm not going to talk any spoilers because if people haven't seen them, you need to fucking see those episodes now. But uh, <laughs> I I don't often cry at anime the first time around. Like sometimes I'll cry on like very sad moments, especially when I also have the nostalgia hitting me. Like there are a few moments in Naruto that gets me. For example, part of that though is just the nostalgia. Same thing with Haikyuu. Mm -hmm. But crying at an anime the first time around takes a lot. So. <laughs> it really hit me in the feels. I was surprised. And then I also bought the new DBZ game, which that's I'm, what you were talking about. I jury's like... out. <laughs> the jury's the out. I bought Kakarot. Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the jury's out for it for now. It has a slow start for sure, but I'm starting to get into some of the bigger fights and it seems well, initial fights, I should say. It seems okay. The combat system is fun, but I can imagine it getting pretty boring pretty quick. So I'll see how much it keeps my attention, slash if the pace of the game speeds up at all. If it mm. doesn't, I think it's going to be a bit of a snooze, which is unfortunate. Because one of my favorite games of all time was a DBZ game on the Game Boy Advance back in the day. That shit was the bomb. I think I played that same game when I was a kid. It's so good. The whole cell, it was the Majin Buu cell arc for DBZ. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. was a fucking that great was game. <laughs> that was a fucking great game. But that's about it. Mm. Yeah, I've also been watching My Hero Academia. Uh, I think I've told you before, this is my favorite arc in the manga. So I was yeah. definitely super excited to see it animated. Uh, although I do have some issues with uh, some of the stuff that they've chosen to do, uh, but we can talk about all that in a later episode slash on our when own. they get there. Yeah, if we ever do a review of My Hero this latest season, I can talk about it for sure. For sure. So, well, jumping into our review, let's start our review of Food War. Yeah. So we did a mini review of the first three episodes of Food Wars when they had come out. So we can probably skip some of our like initial impressions of the show. Uh, go back and listen to that episode to our viewers if you're curious to see what we said. We talked about some other shows that were coming out at the same time as well. Um, but I think, let me, let me ask you this. How does this season of Food Wars for you generally shape up compared to the other seasons and why? So overall, I think this was actually one of the weaker seasons compared to the first three. Uh, and I haven't seen any of the spinoffs or side series or whatever. 
But uh, I, in the manga at least, this was like some of the most hype moments in the entire series, just because mm-hmm. this is the first time we get to see uh, all all ten seats duke it out with one another, uh, along with some of the main cast and everything. Uh, but when I was actually watching it in the anime itself, I thought it was very like oddly paced. Uh, scenes didn't make as big of an impact as it did in the anime, and it just felt kind of like it. I don't want to say it flubbed uh, or it fell flat type of thing. I still enjoyed it very much, uh, but I, I definitely think this is one of the weaker seasons of Food Wars overall. I agree with you on that. Um, compared to the other ones, I think it's also one of the weaker ones. I think. I, I mean, I haven't read the manga, so it's hard to really determine where the faults happened. So I won't speak at who I think is at fault for doing this. But I think the biggest problem for me is just the amount of shokugekis that they pile in all at once. I think took away some of the feel from it. It I think this would have been better if they had released this season along with the other season and done a 24 episode season. Um, mm-hmm. I think the pacing would have been a lot better because I think then the hype of all these Shokugekis would have been present to me, right? Because the, the reason why the Shokugekis are so powerful and like emotionally investing in that's a terrible way to put it. The reason I'm emotionally invested in Shokugekis often is the build up to the Shokugeki. It's not mm-hmm. even necessarily what happens in the Shokugeki itself, even though that is important. So I think if this were a 24 episode season and they had combined it with the last one and maybe delayed the release of the last season with this one, it would have been better for me personally because I think it would that would have felt like it's really building up to these Shokugekis more. But the fact that I've had mm. so much time between when they first challenged the central Elite 10 right. to now actually challenging them and fighting them in this newest season, I have lost the hype of the show. And so for me, the impact just wasn't there. And I think that's like the biggest issue for me. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't even know if the beginning of this season, I think starts partway into when they were challenging the Elite Ten. Not uh, partway. It's the first battle. It's the exact first battle, if I remember correctly. Is the first episode? Yeah. Okay. Either way, the whole arc with Central being split didn't really help it. No, and no. I I kind of understand why the studio would do something like this, because a lot of studios, after the first season, release a lot of 12-episode seasons. But I think they really needed to change their release cycle for this arc. And I think whoever decided to do it the way it was... Uh, made a mistake somewhere along the way or misjudged how the excitement was going to go. Yeah. Either way, like I was saying before, it definitely messed with the pacing. Uh, compressing multiple Shokugekis into one episode is probably the worst thing they could have done. Yeah. Uh, I know in the manga, they spent much more time on each individual Shokugeki 
excluding the ones where they were where the people were facing off against the fill-in central people oh okay um and i don't remember which seats they held they're not important they never were uh but uh, like i said it took definitely took away from a lot of the impact uh, that okay. could have been had and that's how i mean i think that's how food wars has, has previously succeeded in its storytelling is the mm. the and the build-up of anticipation Fair is enough. really where they get you and then the the quite literal climax yeah so <laughs> Um, some positive things I do want to point out though about this season that I did really like, I do like a lot of the motivation from the central elite 10 that you get to learn. Like I do love Rindo and her partnership with Tsukasa. I think that's really good. It's really fun to watch, uh, it develop, uh, or it's really fun to get to know it as the show's going on. Uh, I do also enjoy the kind of quirkiness of each individual character from uh, Momo to um, some of the former Elite Ten, like the ramen guy whose name I'm forgetting right now. Uh, oh, but yeah, the third seat. Yeah, but I, I love I love a lot of the characters. Uh, I think their their motivations for joining Central are all also really individual. Some of them are greedy. Some of them are not. Some of them make a lot of sense once you get to know them uh, a good amount especially i think i sympathize the most with especially rindo but in in conjunction also tsukasa to an extent yeah i think this has definitely been uh, consistently one of the strong suits of this series is the characters for sure uh rindo herself is actually one of my favorite characters in the show uh mostly because of her cooking style but also her quirky personality <laughs> she has a very yeah. chaotic mindset or mindset that likes chaos i don't know if i would call her chaotic necessarily um, fair yeah her just the theme that she's a rare ingredients expert just resonates for some reason not that i yeah. do anything with rare ingredients but <laughs> really you've never cooked with alligator <laughs> surprisingly no that's not something my family normally cooks um, <laughs> i do love alligator that so that was one of okay well this is now getting into a specific well, let's not go into specific spoilers. Yeah, we, we can we talk can, about that later we can do that after <laughs> so minor spoiler alligator comes up <laughs> I'll, um, I'll stop there then <laughs> that's fine and another thing i also really did like is the i mean if you watch the show from season one through season three and then now the most recent season four you would think that like the food porn aspect of it like the orgasms that people have while they eat would get old uh i didn't i i feel that sometimes like sometimes it feels a little bit like okay this again but i think in general, they were still really funny. Like mm -hmm. I still laugh a lot whenever it happens, and they they keep on putting like enough of a twist on it that I'm still entertained. Yeah, I, I think the 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 artists who draw this and the mangaka himself they they really 
put a lot of emphasis on the images of the food and then they apply whatever theme of the food is to the orgasms itself. So I think it uh, keeps it fresh every time. I, I did feel like I was getting a little desensitized this season, especially since they would have like so many two, of them. two or three, sometimes four of these scenes within a single episode. Uh, so it definitely can wear on you to a certain degree. Uh, but like you said, I, I I do appreciate the different twists that they add each and every time. Yeah. And sometimes there's like multiple layers of this stuff. So <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like when they're trying, they're say they're trying some food and the initial bite, or even sometimes it's the smell itself will give them an orgasm. Know, right? <laughs> and then they'll take a bite. And that's another one. And then there's like some hidden ingredient inside the food that they finally reach. And they finally have their final climactic experience eating the yeah. food. It's really, really great. I agree. Um, I think the other thing to add on is not even with individual people's orgasmic reactions to the food. But in a, I'll say this in a spoiler free way. But as the show progresses, like the magnitude of the orgasm increases, especially at the end of the show. Um, and <laughs> that was really fun to watch. The only <laughs> the only caveat I have is it seems there's going to be a new season. I don't know if they've officially announced it, but they leave on a pretty obvious cliffhanger saying they want to write more. Um, and I, I can't see how they can ever top the amount of orgasmic goodness that happens at the very last few episodes. And I... I don't know if any food orgasm after that is going to be as funny because it's just, it just can't compare. Yeah. And I, so I actually stopped reading the manga after a little bit after this arc here, uh, just because this was technically the, this was the Eisen moment, defeating Eisen moment, essentially. Yeah. This is supposed to Good be. Parallel the climax of the story because from the onset uh spoiler free they win in the end um and once they win everything is supposed to be over essentially but then they wanted to continue the story for some reason and nothing is supposed to be as dire or as intricate as how they built central up to be so it doesn't yeah really it didn't really work for me i ended up stopped reading it they actually in the it was weird because in the last the last few scenes in the last episode they took an entire arc and put it into five minutes really and so the yeah so the arc after that is kind of ridiculous and that's where i stopped reading huh. um and I don't want to give it away, but you, you wouldn't like the twist that they they open up with in, in the next. Maybe you might like it. I didn't like it. Huh. Well, we'll like, see I, when they get around to doing season five. I say when, not because I know that they've announced it, but just because I'd be surprised if they didn't, considering how they ended this season. I'll just tell you what, what the twist is after the show. That's fine. Yeah, I'd be curious to hear <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess the only other thing that I have really to comment about this generally before we give it our final score 
is I did really like the progression of the main characters to an extent. Um, the thing that I really appreciated about this show is normally in a lot of shonen, you have the main character, which really goes through this growth phase where they learn more about themselves. They learn more about their goals. They learn more about their personal style and their values and morals and et cetera, et cetera. But I feel like in this show, it's a little different in some sense because Soma gets more knowledgeable. He increases his skills for sure, but he as a character doesn't really change at all. He's pretty static, mm -hmm. I think, throughout yeah. the entire show, which the way I'm saying it sounds really boring. I don't think it's that boring, actually. And I think the reason why it's not that boring is it really feels like Soma is like this constant, I guess, even force of nature that just like happens. <laughs> And then he just affects everyone else. And I think yes. that really showed in this season quite a lot. The way that certain characters change in this season is really, really fun and really phenomenal. And I like I like a lot of the writing behind it, especially Erina. And I think you could maybe make an argument that Erina is like maybe the main character. And it's all about how she changes and mm, her okay. growth in the entire story. And Soma is just the catalyst for it. Yeah, she's definitely like the star of this arc for sure. And I loved that. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I I I, do, I totally agree that Soma is a catalyst. <laughs> I like that terminology. Uh and I think he's just flamboyant enough to make his character interesting despite him not really growing in mm -hmm. ideology or thought process. Uh, like he doesn't mature at all. Yeah, his, I mean, his character from season one is essentially the same as season four now, but you can't say that about Arena or, uh, oh, what's her name? Um, uh, Megumi. Or yeah. Tadakoro Megumi. Uh, or the Aldini guy, the blonde Aldini. The older brother. Uh, uh, they all, they all, yeah, they all change, especially in this season, which was really refreshing to see. Yeah, for sure. So, big, keeping all those comments in mind, the good and the bad, where does this stack for you on Mel? What what do you what are you thinking about this show? What would you give it for a Mel score? So. I know previous seasons I've given like nines and tens for, uh, and I, like I said before, I definitely think this is the weakest showing. Uh, I wouldn't say drastically weaker than the other seasons. Uh, it's definitely worth the watch. Uh, I myself gave it an eight out of 10, uh, which is still decent. <laughs> like there's nothing to sneeze at. Um, Overall, I think the I think the the characters were still really well done. The the still images of the food and the climactic scenes were still very well done. Uh, it, it was more the the pacing of the plot and how it ended that I really did not like. Uh, which bumps it down but it's it's more for this one it's very much like it, it really didn't matter what happened in the end it's more the execution and what you get to see or like the fact that you get to see these people 
cooking off against each other. So this really embodies for me the journey instead of the end destination. I I very much agree with you there too. Um, For me, for my score, I have a hard time, honestly. I, 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 watching this, I kept on flip-flopping between seven and eight, personally. Um, since this is a natural numbers channel, I will not say 7.5 because I'm not weak <laughs> in heart. I will choose between the two. Um, Do it. I feel like I have to give it an eight just because I do still really, even though the pacing really throws me off, um, I would like to know more about some characters that we didn't really learn that much about. I think like Momo, for example, is an underdeveloped character from from the from Central 10. Ah, yeah. Um, there are some other characters that I feel like were kind of underdeveloped that could have been addressed better if it was better pacing. Um, but I'm not going to take away any of the creativity of the show. I think the show is extremely creative. The animation quality was never really bad. There's not really anything that I want to point out as being exceptionally awesome, but there's also like nothing that I want to point out as being like sloppy or shitty animation either. Like, mm-hmm. I think they do a good job all the way around, and I love the creativity of the show a lot. I really enjoy the, all the different ways it makes me laugh. So I, I mm-hmm. did enjoy it a lot, so I think, I yeah, I would also probably give it an 8, even though I'm tempted to give it a 7, just because I'm disappointed within context of the other seasons in particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as a standalone season like just not taking into account previous seasons i'd say it still holds up pretty well to a lot of anime agreed well for people who watched food wars and enjoyed it what other anime would you recommend to them like two or three other anime Ooh, well i'd have to think about that for a second i'm looking through my list as well on mal because i didn't think about this in advance um so i can i can come up with my two first if you want if you want to take a moment to think sure go ahead um i think one to put out there um this is gonna seem a little bit like a stretch um but i would probably say hunter hunter is one that i would recommend because i the the topic of the shows are very different they're thematically very different shows hunter hunter is a darker it's not lighthearted, but i think the reason why i like hunter hunter so much is in a lot of ways very similar to shokugeki and i think what you were saying about the journey really being the the motivation for the show is also how i feel about hunter hunter and then what i was saying earlier about how soma feels kind of static but he leaves these huge impressions on other people i feel similarly about gone who's the main character in hunter mm. hunter okay so in terms of if you really like a show with a diverse character base where you can really see and have fun in the characters that you're meeting along the journey, um, and that's what attracted you to Shokugeki no Soma, I would give Hunter x Hunter a try. I mean, it's heralded by a lot of people as some of their favorite anime of all time. Um, mm-hmm. So I think Hunter x Hunter would definitely be really good. Um, in terms of a anime that is just fun and you'd enjoy watching it um and it's you just want to get a laugh out of it and the kind of ridiculousness of it is what appealed you to shokugeki no soma uh i would recommend fully coolie <laughs> um coolie again it's it's hard to give recommendations for food wars because there aren't 
that many anime out there that I think are thematically similar to Food Wars, except for mm-hmm. like these very big picture morals, right? Like there's a lot of morals that Food Wars basically has circulating the plot, which you will find in a lot of anime out there. But you're not going to find it. I can't really recommend another anime that's like a fun cooking anime. I just I just there don't have that broad of a base. <laughs> um, but I would recommend Fully Cooly because if you kind of found the perverted humor really funny uh, and you just liked the lightheartedness of the show, I would give it a try. Fully Cooly is a bit more vague. The plot line is a lot more ambiguous. It leaves a lot up to interpretation. And there's a lot more symbolism. Um, but I think the humor is very similar in the show. So if that's what you're looking for, I'd give it a try. Fun fact. I think Fuli Cooley is the weirdest anime I've ever seen. <laughs> it's pretty weird. Uh, <laughs> that is very true. I, I love Fuli Cooley. I recently watched it again because it's pretty short. Um, and I actually decided to increase its score on my anime list. And I feel like every time I watch <laughs> it, I enjoy it more. So <laughs> what? <laughs> I love Fuli Cooley. I I don't actually like Fuli Cooley. <laughs> That's fair. I, I think what was it? The four episodes, the six. It's episodes? six episodes. Yeah. yeah. I think when you, Michael, and I were like going through our malists and judging each other, Fuli Cooley was a huge point of contention because I think Michael and I had it really highly rated, like eights and nines, and then you had it at like a three, and we were like, what? Fuli Cooley's a masterpiece. It's not though. <laughs> Uh, and I, I don't want to. <laughs> we already had that discussion. If you want to hear more about it, go back to our episode where we talk about how blasphemous our malists are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I do think some people will enjoy Fully Cooley if they liked Food Wars, though. I can, I can see where you're drawing the parallels. Um, for me, a couple recommendations I want to throw out there are one being Kill a Kill. And I say that because it's a similar, uh, I guess, vibe, like humorous vibe overall. Uh, It's always lighthearted. The the main character tends to change the people around them as well. And that one's also got some very, I don't want to say like, out of this world plot changes <laughs> but uh some really crazy shit happens there <laughs> the same as with uh food wars it, it, the level of ridiculousness is on a comparable level i would say for that it is for sure uh and the other anime i want to recommend is gintama actually and this is oh a show I haven't seen all of Gintama. There's way too much and I don't want to spend the time watching it all. Uh, But if you want something that's also super laid back, some of the best uh, comedic writing I've seen in anime, uh, super endearing characters. uh, It's really easy to get into. I I highly recommend it. uh, If you want to just throw it up in the background, that type of thing. Yeah, Gintama has been on my watch list for a while. I just haven't gotten into it because it's so long. Uh, and it is kind of hard to commit yourself to wanting to watch something that long. Kind of feels like Naruto or One Piece in that sense. Yeah, the good thing about Gintama is it's mostly all episodic. So you 
could really start on any season. Uh, you'll, I guess, the only thing you would miss is character introductions. Uh, yeah. But most of the episodes are not related to each other, uh, and and there's not really an overarching storyline, uh, at least in a lot of what I saw of Gintama. It's not concluded, right? It's it's finished airing. Or it well, is concluded. I no it's idea. finished airing. I I don't remember when the latest season came out. That's fair. So. Well, those are our recommendations. Those are our thoughts on this. So from this point out, big spoiler stamp. Stan and I are going to be talking through the show chronologically, talking about the moments, some of the moments in the show that left the biggest impressions on us and what we thought about them. So if you have not yet watched Food Wars, go ahead, go check it out. See what your thoughts are. If you thought our recommendation is worthy of in piquing your interest. And then come back and listen to this later if you want to sit through our thoughts about specific events that happen in the season. So with that, shall we mosey on into our first thoughts? So I, I don't want to talk too much about the beginning of it because we already have actually a good amount. Sure, yeah. I kind of want to jump into um, after Rindo's fight with the ramen dude. Yeah. Um... So like the first fight, and we we don't have to do this chronologically because it's kind of hard. But right. the first fight that I want to talk about is Momo and Megumin. Okay, we can start there. Because uh, I I think this might have been maybe my favorite Shokugeki in terms of writing. It was really good. I liked how much time they actually spent on this one. They spent a episode and a half almost or an episode in the third or something. Uh, this was, uh, this ignored their pacing issues and actually spent a good amount of time building up both of the characters and their cooking processes. Yeah. That type of thing. I really appreciated this battle. I think the thing that really sold it for me so much is it felt like they did Megamine justice because I, I loved the way that the judges were further discovering her dish after she presented it and the mm -hmm. way that it really built off of her teamwork with um Italian boy. My God, now I'm forgetting his name. Uh Takumi. Ta uh yeah, Aldini. Aldini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um and Soma. Like the 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 way that the three of them mm -hmm. helped her make that dish was really nice uh i loved the little bit in the the center that the judges discovered as well from her little added ingredient and the whole like apple boxing thing was pretty cute animation um yeah. and i think it really embodied a lot of megamine's personality but it also made it satisfactory than when she lost because it was really like she obviously did our best but momo's just actually just better at cooking like, especially when it's an ingredient that is so prime for Momo's specialty. Like, the, yeah. the, the cards were stacked against Momo from, or from, uh, against Megamine from the beginning. But the way that it unfolded felt like it made sense. And it still left me being like, okay, I can accept this. I can move on. Megamine did her best. <laughs> I, I was really disappointed when she lost. 
It made sense, <laughs> was, though, to I me. I don't really, know. It worked for, like, so that Arena could come in and beat Momo. But I don't know. I thought her dish was better. <laughs> if I her tasted really it, cute. I would have given it. And I think the judges were also conflicted at first. I don't think this yeah. was one of the 3-0 No, it was 2-1, to one, if I remember. Yeah. Uh, I think... Uh, yeah, again, I understand why she lost and had to lose. Um, I, I think... What do I think? What do you think? <laughs> that is a good question. What do you understand? <laughs> that is the question. Um, I, I do think the that Momo's dish was better presented. I, I think hers just sort of worked better. She had the, the flower basket, essentially. Mm-hmm. I, I think that her dish had a little extra ingenuity in it. Uh, I know Tadakoro's was more of a... It, it, this actually was nice to see that she took influence from Soma with how simple a dish seems on the outside, but how complex it took to actually make something like that. And like what's everything inside of it and everything. Uh, but yeah, I... I was rooting for I was rooting for her, man. Megumi was my yeah. girl. I thought it set up though really well the arc that Megumin had afterwards where she explores all these new countries and is learning so much. And you see that like little mini clip of her uh Shokugeki where she like prepares like a little bento box. Like that was like <laughs> so cute. And I was like, that's so Megumi. Yeah. So this is, yeah, this is something that, this is from the arc after this season that they were animating in those last scenes. Yeah, I, I cooks, believe it. The bento box was a gumbo dish. Yeah, <laughs> they were yeah. talking about New Orleans. And I was like, yes, hell yeah. Because the, uh, they don't say it in the last scenes there, but the person she was cooking off against was is from the South, the American South. They say it. Do they? Yeah, I didn't remember. Okay, that's why she cooked it for him because she was making him she a dish that, that was... was his childhood. Right. Uh, yeah, his character kind of sucks. Um, so I'm kind of glad they didn't fully animate everything nice. that they do in that arc. Uh, but I, I definitely appreciated her cooking some of my homeland's food. My home city, I should say. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, what's the next thing you want to talk about? I'll let I'll let you choose the next scene that you want to discuss. I'm trying to remember what comes after. So during that fight, who was Aldini facing off against? Aldini was facing off Glasses, dude. Who's like, I'm gonna destroy you with oh. my mind game, and Aldini's like, okay. I out mind gamed you. Yeah, yeah, so this was also super... This was one of the scenes that was just more epic in the manga than it was in the anime. It didn't feel epic in the anime, I'm not going to lie. I was, like, underwhelmed. I hated it in the anime. Yeah. It was absolutely atrocious how they adapted that. Uh, but it was it felt a like super... Random. It was a super big deal in the manga, though, that he uh, was able to be... First of all, able to beat one of the Elite Ten... And then second of all, the fact that he is picking up uh, 
habits from Tracer. Uh, the Tracer dude. <laughs> and uh in the they they don't I don't remember if they actually do this in the anime, but in the manga they have a couple different shots of the ninth seat, the guy with the glasses mm. being the uh the food alchemist. They do that in the manga or sorry in the anime on a well, it, it was it was a super big deal in the manga, and they built him up to be this like beast. Because uh, in the, mm. they say that I, I remember Rindo at some point says that they need to be careful when they face off against him because he could beat some of the other elite ten members if he was actually trying to cook instead of like being this like Yakuza type character for most of the show. And so it was a really big deal that uh, the Aldini guy was able to defeat him using the trace things and being able to predict that he was going to use the artichoke to fuck with the taste buds and everything. I, I think yeah. I thought that was one of the more unique uh, or not that I, I feel like they're all the dishes are unique, but this was one of the only dishes that, touches on the idea of um i don't know if there's a word for it but lingering tastes like how yeah foods impact the taste of the next food and so on and so forth uh, yeah that was really cool i i really enjoyed a lot of the explanation behind what what artichoke does to your palate etc mm. etc and then how aldini used that to his benefit like I, I totally agree with you there. That was, I think, the highlight of that battle. The, the dude, glasses, glasses, alchemist boy, whose name is irrelevant because he's not even that well of a developed character, is Despite another character being one of the earliest villains. <laughs> but he, he's another character like Momo that I wish like we understood better. Like he's mm -hmm. another guy that I thought was underdeveloped, which is a little unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, it, it was he definitely had a lot of potential uh, I, I really like his character interactions as well like they, they could have used him a little better but that, that fight was one of my favorites to see at least in the manga for sure fair enough they spent a lot more time I will say as well sorry I was going to say they, they spent a lot more time in the manga uh, going through Aldini's thought process and how he's at the back of his mind knows that uh, the alchemist dude is trying to fuck with the taste buds and everything. And you can, you can like see him, you see him cooking his food, but then they have another image off to the side where he's got these menacing eyes and he, like the Aldini guy looks just as evil as the alchemist guy in the mm. manga because he's like, yes, keep putting Ooh. more artichoke in. Yeah. Keep trying <laughs> to fuck with that. I'm about to kick your ass, bitch. Like <laughs> he, he was going hard at it. And that was the hardest you see Aldini go. And it was amazing to watch. And they didn't do that in the anime. And then the they just extent. didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's a bummer. So I was very disappointed with that battle. Um, another one that I want to talk about is Ishiki against Tsukasa. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I think like the thing that really sold me about this is first of all, you really understand that Tsukasa is just insane. Like he's just like a fucking amazing cook. 
And you, yeah. I mean, you got that from the impression anyway at the beginning, but continuing to see him cook like that, you're just like, hell yeah. Like this, this dude just knows what the fuck is up. But the thing that I really loved about it was the amount of detail that they went into in the creation that Ishki made. Like the dish that he presents at the end mm -hmm. made me wa my mouth water so much. Like <laughs> I was like, I want that so bad right now. That soup looks so good. <laughs> yeah, and he it, it was really cool to see. And I, I don't know if this was necessarily Soma's influence on him. I think this is sort of a mindset that he had as being like one of the lead members of the the dormitory that they're in. Mm -hmm. uh, but the fact that he took different ingredients from every single yeah. person who lives in the dorm, like he got like the, I don't remember all the different things, but he took some of the smoked something from the smoker dude, the, he got some fermented something from the, what's her name? Yeah, and we don't got, care about their some, names. It's okay. He got like some weird game type thing from the, the game trapper girl and just all of this stuff. And he threw it in to one dish and created something so fabulous that he cracked the armor of the white knight. Yeah, I, <laughs> and I know it was, uh, it, I think he was already epic when they show him in the first season. Uh, Agreed. I think they further expound upon that in his first fight when he's facing off against the the replacement seat dude i don't nobody cares about him the the pepper twirler guy yeah who cares it's uh, okay. earlier um but like the the moment when he like slices that eel open yeah <laughs> uh, I, I think it was cool they didn't really do it justice in the anime but in the manga they have many different panels of them just like looking at the eel and they're like Wait, it's not bleeding yet. <laughs> and then like five seconds later, this one after he cuts the eel open, does it start to bleed? And people were just no one could see him slice open the thing. And it, and this was much better done in the manga than in the anime. They didn't they didn't do Ichiki justice. Uh, but when he, I, I think they really built him up to his max against his fight against Sukasa because he is uh, the the image where there's different dragons around him and he's like this yep. prodigy and everything. It was it was just so great to watch his character go ham for the first time. That's like that was the first time he actually tried his hardest that we get to see. Yeah, and I, I also did love his attitude also after he lost. Like, I mean, I just love Ishiki in general. Ishiki's character is just so much fun for me. But the the conversation he has with his childhood friends and the whole conversation he has with Tsukasa being like, I just love to cook. Like, this shit is just the bomb. Like, I just love this shit so much. And the type of creations I make are just inspired by the friendships and love that I have for people and food. And his just entire attitude that he has in the anime is just really wholesome and fun. And I just enjoy it so much. Yeah. And I think his character is especially unique because you we get to learn all of that about him prior to seeing his flashback to his childhood uh, with him and uh, what's her name? The sixth seat who does the noodles. Yeah. Uh, and I think 
giving showing him showing us his motivation through his flashback was definitely something that elevated his character for me yeah i agree um what's the next thing you want to talk about was the tracer dude against the sushi guy the when did we can talk about that well i'm i'm like mixed up with the order of these shows doesn't really matter doesn't really matter. We can mm. talk about that. We haven't talked about that one yet. Uh, there's not too much I want to say about it. I was, I that was like the most boring to me because Tracer Dude doesn't change. He's just Tracer Dude. Yeah, I appreciated his role as a support, quite literally a support character for everyone because he In traced... like helping their training. Right. I uh, agree with that. I, I think they gave him enough spotlight to flesh out his character. I agree with that. Feel unique, at least, despite him copying everyone. With I dishes. totally agree with your sentiment. He also seems like a complete, completely necessary person for Aldini to win his fight against the ninth seed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that specific Shokugeki though was boring AF because it was well, like sure. yeah. he just traced his opponent and that's like that's just what he's always been doing and there's been no change and that's pretty much what you should have expected from day one from him and so whatever he lost to the seat because the seat's just a, an amazing cook and at some point imitating someone just is not going to pale it's going to at some point it's going to pale in comparison yeah uh we don't need to get into this shokugeki really um it was definitely anticlimactic how it ended too. I don't know if you remember their reasoning yeah. for why. No, I do remember, and it's guy. also kind of it's not important. The the rivets in the sushi being too much is just like yeah, it's whatever. Yeah, <laughs> the um, only difference there. Um, we can talk about the duos between Tsukasa Rindo and Erina, um, and, and Soma. Soma. The, the final one. There aren't really any other ones that are coming to mind for me of ones that I really want to talk about. Mm, I don't even remember what other ones were prior. There was Arena and Momo. She beat Momo. That one was, I think, cool just because Arena was like, Megumin helped me win this one. Yeah, I also thought it was crazy Momo's dish that she made an entire castle. What I loved (laughs) is the fact that Momo got pissed off. Like, Momo being yeah. so pissed off at Arena was really funny to watch. And Momo being like, <laughs> fuck you, Arena! Fuck you! I'm going to tie this tofu around, and I'm going to make this castle, and I'm going to bury you! <laughs> that was pretty funny. That was pretty fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we, we can uh, get into... Yeah, I think the only other fight was Aldini and Rindo. Oh yeah, that he lost to. Yeah, uh, but we can skip over that one because that one. That one to me wasn't too terribly exciting because I didn't learn anything new from it. It wasn't too terribly like. They didn't spend hardly any time on it either. Yeah. So. The big duo fight it is. The finale. Yeah. The finale. Um, I think I'm just gonna say this from the front. My favorite thing about this Shokugeki is Arena and Soma's approach to it. Like the fact that they hadn't even decided what they were doing going <laughs> into it and they're still arguing and they're like rock paper scissors <laughs> right now bitches. 
and then Soma like lost and had to do the appetizer, and he still makes an entree. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was the boldest shit. <laughs> that's definitely like some. That's like some usurp level shit right there. He he's trying to one up Arena, yeah. but they still had to beat the other team. I, I think I like the dynamic. I think it worked really well. It was oh yeah. Uh, it always keeps you on suspense there because you don't you, you know that they don't have a plan. So you're like, how the fuck are they trying to do this then? Yeah, and sort of. Sure. They sort of uh, make it up as they go, which is Soma's specialty, really. I think. Oh yeah, deciding things on the fly. Uh, um, I think what what really made like hit it over the moon for me was when Soma lo- like looks at Arena and he's like, "You what you were gonna do was gonna lose. Like I am making a dish not to make an appetizer. I'm making a dish to beat you. So you fucking better beat me now." Or else we're never gonna win. Like that type uh-huh. of mentality to me was like, ah, oh, this is like so true to their characters, and this moment yeah. has been set up so perfectly that this can be anything. This can't be anything but hype. Yeah, and I think this was also good to see Soma actually be serious with something. Like he normally true. in in dire situations, he's still got a laid back, like. Uh, mentality and that was sort of the case here as well uh, but it, it's it was good to see him take the first seat seriously because he's had his cooking before and mm-hmm. he knew that no matter what arena was planning to do it wouldn't beat the first seat if she didn't make something better than this uh, on the flip side though i really appreciated rindo again uh yeah, Rindo's definitely my favorite character. Amen. <laughs> uh, she, her dish with the ants, the formic acid, like that's such a niche thing. I, I've had ants, I've actually had ants before, and formic acid is very good, actually. Uh, I don't know if there's a normal name for it, if, it, if people just call it formic acid. Fuck um, if I know, my dude. I've never. I'm not a food chemist. I've never seen in real life someone use formic acid in a dish, though. It's always something where people like some cultures will uh, either eat ants directly or put ants themselves on a dish kind of thing. Um, Yeah. She she extracted the formic acid (laughs) from young ants specifically <laughs> yeah right <laughs> and that was just the craziest thing when i first saw it in the manga like everything she does is just off the charts because of how niche it is in from the start but this was on another level like no one no one would even try this if they could even imagine it in the first place i agree i totally so. agree um, I don't really have too much to say about Tsukasa's dish. Um, I mean, it was just a one-up of what he had done before. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they spent that much time on it in the anime anyway, besides the necessary amount of time to just make it seem hype. Um, mm-hmm. To, like, set the bar, you know? Right. But I can talk about the director's reaction. Well, okay, so before that, 
Okay. I, w- I want to talk a little bit about Arena's dish. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, I thought it was very beautiful to see them hark back on the first episode when Soma the, tries the to combine the squid and the peanut butter together. Right. And that's it, It's great to see something that's always been a disgusting idea uh, that's never worked since the beginning actually be used in a meaningful manner. I feel like I knew this was coming. I feel like I knew that was coming. (laughs) I thought it was going to be slightly different earlier in the show. Like I thought like Soma was going to be the one to make the peanut butter squid work out. But I think the fact that Erina did it was like the best. Mm -hmm. And then the fact that she also used the trick about the eggs that she saw Soma do when he first made that dish for her to apply to Totsuki. Oh, it was also really cool. It was the the chicken stock. Yeah, uh, the the melting. Uh, what's it called? Cube the melting stocks. square cube stocks or something. Yeah, that was really awesome. I actually want to try that in real life. That sounds really awesome. I also definitely appreciated. Uh, Despite them clashing heads so much, I really liked Soma's strategy of using Arena <laughs> for her tongue, <laughs> right? And and it was it was both in a selfish and a selfless way, because he he was doing it to beat Arena at, uh, but at the same time trying to make her dish then better than his own when he told her that she wasn't gonna win. That's true. Um, That's true. I also appreciate I, the fact that like Arena's unique god tongue was actually implored or, or, or like used in a way that first of all made sense but second of all um was somewhat creative in the actual shokugeki because i didn't think about the fact that you know erina could be tasting soma's food as they're cooking like that's something that just mm-hmm. straight up never occurred to me and when they actually started doing it i was like oh that's so clever like that's actually a really good use of like her unique talents. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't have too much more to say about both of their dishes. I I, I do really like the fact that uh, again, she she was taking after Soma, and, and Soma did this for his dish as well, where he, he, the at face glance, they just look so simple or so, uh, I don't know if what the word is for this, but something that's just simply not done. So like yeah. Soma's, Soma's thing being on the bone and like looking like a, uh, what's it called? Uh, like a, like a ham on the bone or something. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was actually like a bunch of little individual pieces that looked like a ham on the bone, but it was actually more thought out than that. Uh, and this is the same with Arena's dish after she switched. Uh, I liked how she switched mid battle to different ingredients after and so- finished cooking in just six minutes. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> the time is sort of distorted in these cooking things. Oh, I don't yeah. know if it was actually six minutes, but. Uh, I I really appreciated the dynamic they had there. I, at agree. The end. I think it was 
some of the best we've seen in the series. I think the only thing that could save season five for me is if you get to see those two get married and have kids, that would be the best. Because then you can see them like fighting as a married couple and that would be like, ah, everything is at peace. (laughs) Uh, Well, surprise, they're still in high school, so that doesn't happen. (laughs) Those two need to have a romantic engagement. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of happy that they don't. Like I'm kind of happy that this isn't just like another shonen where there's another romance random shit going on. Um cuz that that does get old. Like I I don't really like um Deku and uh the 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 Oh um I literally just thought of her name and it immediately escaped me. Uraka. Ururaka. Ura yeah, that one. Ururaka. Like there, that that whole obsession. I'm all, but I love the way they do it in Shokugeki because it's there, and I can think about it, and I can dream about it, and I can be like they're <laughs> great for each other, and I want them to realize it, but they don't actually do it. So I'm happy. I kind of hate that. Like either don't do it at all or go through with it like none of this in between gray area shit no, i love the gray area shit the gray i, area I hate the gray area shit because nothing ever happens in the gray area that's you just have too many blue ball experiences that's what we're learning. <laughs> hey don't bring up my personal life <laughs> i like how you're not denying See it that pinky no comment no comment. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, my god. Blue balls number in the dozens. I'm no, just kidding. <laughs> should I should I name a review that? Huh? Food Wars. Food Wars season four blue balls. We have blue balls. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel about it, to be honest. I, I don't though. I don't feel like it was a blue ball cliffhanger or ending or anything. Uh, okay, so I will say I did kind of hate how it ended, or like the result of the ending. Uh, Same. It didn't really make sense that Arena became the director. Yeah, that and she's so, not even graduated. What? Yeah, the, it really doesn't make any kind of sense. Like from the start, the idea was that either if Central won, then Arena would join them and everyone else would get kicked out. And sure, we knew that was never going to happen. Uh, but the opposite should have been, since the deal was between Soma's dad and the, what's his name? The director, the new director. Yeah, her father. Right. It should have been that like Soma's dad or somebody took over the position as director. I don't agree with Soma's dad being director, but what I imagined was more like I'm trying to remember his name, but the like almost bald guy who's who was the first who's seat in charge of the hotel. Yeah, who was the first seat when Soma's dad was there? Right, I don't um, remember his name. I, I I I kind of imagined him being the director interim, and then Edina like gaining the first seat and graduating. And then becoming the director. Like, I kind of imagined that happening and them having an episode. It's like, time skip. Now that they're done with high school, Edina finished first seat. Soma was second seat. And now she's the new director. And Soma is doing his own chaotic thing like he always does. I just, yeah. That's how I saw it. 
I don't think I would have liked it though if the bald dude became the director. He he was always like a uh, circle. I saw him as an interim character. I saw him as an interim director, someone who would be there just to like hold the seat while they're finishing their education. But the fact that Erina just immediately jumped to it was just like she's still like needs to finish her classes. Like, come on. Yeah, it really didn't make any kind of sense. I also didn't like the fact that Soma became the first seat. I think like Ishiki should have had the first seat. I honestly think Soma would lose to him in a Shokugeki. I don't think Soma could beat Ich Ishiki. Yeah, they made it seem like since Arena and Soma beat the previous first and second seat that they could then that they are then better than everyone else like hands down and Which that is not I true disagree with yeah, yeah same just because like uh, your teamwork is better than someone else's teamwork does not mean that you individually are the better right it's the same thing with sports right if you have mm -hmm. like let's say if we talk about soccer if you have two soccer players that are individually amazingly talented people you still need to form a team with them and sometimes you can form a team that's better with people that are less quote-unquote individually talented Mm -hmm. than a team of just pure superstars right right and that's that's how that felt like is that like Soma and Edina still have a lot to grow and they still have a lot to learn in terms of how to actually improve their cooking if they're not necessarily the best cooks out there but in this situation their chemistry was really important their chemistry was really good and them working together was superior than Tsukasa and Rindo yeah, and I think it would have worked better for the longevity of the series if Soma didn't become the first seat because it would have given Agreed. him a goal to Agreed. work towards. And he's I always think... wanted to beat Ishiki since they had their pseudo Shokugeki back in the first season. And Ishiki would be a natural, I don't want to say antagonist, but just a, a obstacle to overcome. Agreed. I also think Erina is better at cooking than he is still. Mm -hmm. um, so I think out of anybody else, even if they didn't choose Ichiki to be the first seat, Erina would have been a decent first seat as well. Yeah. Overall, I just didn't like how they put all of the first years as higher seats than the second years. Well, not all of them. I mean, Megumin was ninth seat, right? Sure. But she was still, aside from Megumin, I'm more talking about how Arena and Soma were sort of bumped up to the very top positions. And like, um, what what are their names? Ryu, the Aldini, the 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 blonde Aldini, and um, Spice Boy. They were all the second, third, and fourth seat. No, I thought or they were the like third, fourth, fourth, and, and fifth seat. Or yeah, third, they were like fourth, fourth, fifth, and sixth. Yeah. Because Ishiki was ahead of them still, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Ishiki was the second seat. Spice Guy was the third seat. Oh, was he third? Yeah. And, and then Aldini remember... and Ryu were fifth and uh, fifth and fourth. Yeah, and they were sort of duking it out with each other at that point. But like uh, the fact that those three were all really highly ranked, I think was a little too much. Like they they're good. They're really good cooks, but I feel like they were overhyped. Yeah, it really was. 
I think the the biggest makes sense. The biggest problem I have, and this is maybe the best way to summarize it, is it felt a little too much happy ever after you finally made your dreams. Whereas I feel like, yes, they accomplished something huge by defeating Central, but it didn't feel like it should yet be the ending because it didn't feel like Soma was really yet actually deserving of the first seat. And then the thing that made it the worst is they've decided now to give him the first seat and kind of have this happily ever afting type of feeling to it and then didn't fucking end the show. Like <laughs> that that's why it doesn't make any sense. That's why yeah. it's an Eisen moment. They they're trying to continue something even though there's nothing to work towards. And, and it's it- really it's different though than Eisen in some way because I feel ad keep it going like Aizen was really like you fucking bit hit the nail on the coffin this is fucking over like this has finally reached its end I agree that it should end with this I feel like there was still room to keep going but they just like jumped the gun at giving the first seat too early sure I mean the I mean Aizen had a much larger and longer build up uh, and that type of thing yeah, I mean, there's not too much else to say about it. It was premature, and yep. it, the fact that they wanted to continue the story, they they made a very poor decision. The mangaka made a poor decision, I think, to I agree. just sort of give them everything they've always wanted since season one and have it True. be happily ever after. So, Well, I hate to end it on a passive note, but do you... <laughs> On a pessimistic note, but do you have anything else you want to say? Well, so we, uh, I know you wanted to talk about the director and his reaction. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I can talk about it briefly now. Um, I don't feel too terribly happy about it anymore, to be honest. Uh, (laughs) I, it was funny to me that I, I appreciated the fact that they stuck to his character till the end, where he was like completely unaccepting to Soma and Erina's dish. Mm hmm where they really deserved it and i appreciated the fact that they really stuck to that type of an attitude for him because that fit his character very well um and it was really funny watching everybody's clothing explode because of it that was entertaining to me (laughs) uh that's why i think like no matter what they do never to the same hype anymore because that's like the best orgasmic moment you could ever have it's literally everyone in the stands is going naked because this dude just loves this dish too much. <laughs> and their family just like has this nakiri, I'm a make you get naked because I like this dish effect. Yeah. I thought that was a very weird addition when they when I first saw it in the manga. Uh, I mean, this cl- already happened before. It's not new. Not to this degree. So he he had a a special version and they call it the gifting yeah exactly <laughs> that's so funny because the grandpa already had it happen to him once in the show like that's something we're already aware of. i don't remember if the grandpa did it the grandpa oh so he the grandpa was different uh because he his version accidentally got his himself naked it wasn't that it spread to anybody else um it, it was a that's when they first introduced the idea of the Nakiri family having this weird yeah, clothing thing. That's what I'm saying. Thing. 
That's what I'm saying, right? Like that is the gifting is like people suddenly get naked and then they just amped mm-hmm. it up to 100 when it's everyone else gets naked too because of it. Right. It, I thought that was the weirder twist though, the fact that it could spread to other people. Um as if it, they like introduced in some sort of fantasy for some reason and it I didn't really like it when I first saw it. Uh, but I, I laughed at it. I guess it's fine. I mean, it, I, I laughed at it. It was it was fine. It just seemed like a weird way to amp up the idea of gifting. I, I guess that was the way to go, though. Yeah, I mean. How I mean, that's I think the embodiment of him unaccepting of his feelings is when he like doesn't want to admit how good the dish is and that's like affecting other people. Okay. He's like trying to bottle it up so much that it's just sort of cracking at the edges kind of thing. He should have listened to uh, what's that song where, where they go, my mind is telling me no, but my my body, body, my my body is telling me yes, baby. (laughs) I don't want to hurt nobody. But there's something that I must confess. (laughs) Dude, I... I, They should have had that song playing. They should have had you singing it in the background. That was that that dude who who sleeps with, like, little girls, right? What's his his name again? Oh. uh, Are you talking about R. Kelly? Or no? Isn't Um, that R. Kelly? It might have been R. Kelly. I don't remember. Because we sang that in my acapella group. I fucking love that song. What's uh? I don't see nothing wrong with a little bump of grass. I don't okay, see yeah, nothing I think wrong. R. Kelly. <laughs> I still love R. Kelly. I I can't stop listening to his music despite how yeah bad it is it is person he might it be. is fucking he R. Is. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all all I was saying is that I think that song embodies what he was going through <laughs> for sure at that moment. Yeah, those are basically all my thoughts on the subject. My body's telling me yes, baby. (laughs) That needs to be the title, not Blue Balls. My body is telling me yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Final thoughts? Final comments? Uh, We already gave our scores, um, but... Yeah, overall, still really loved the series, really enjoyed this season. The ending didn't quite detract from the overall experience, I think, just because it was sort of, it seemed kind of like an isolated event. Like like I said before, I don't think it really mattered what happened at the end once they won. I just didn't like the decision that he went with. Uh, That's fair. But it, it didn't really change the way I felt about the characters or their interactions or what they've gone through and that type of thing, and or the dishes for that matter. So, fair enough. So, with that, please tell us what you thought about Food Wars if you saw it. If you have not seen it, please go ahead and give it a try if you think our commentary has sparked your interest. Uh, let us know what your thoughts are on the series. If you have recommendations for shows that other people that have seen Food Wars might like, please write those in the comments. Send us a message. Follow us on at Imbibe and Anime. Uh, send us an email, imbibeandanime at gmail.com. 
We're always ready to talk about these types of things any time of day. So we'd love to hear your thoughts. Please like and subscribe if you enjoy this podcast so far and our content. And with that, thank you all for listening to this review. We hope to see you for our next ones. Thanks again for everyone for listening to us ramble as always. Thanks for cracking open a fresh episode with us. Tune in next time for another episode of Imbibe and Anime. Cheers to you.